Welcome to the Talk Angry Podcast, your destination for Shocker basketball. Join us every episode from the Forge Audio Production Studio as we dive into game recaps, analysis, and interviews throughout the 2018-2019 basketball season. And now, here are your hosts, Dustin Kuhn and Taylor Eldridge. Welcome to Talk Angry with Kuhn and Eldridge, and welcome to Season 7 of the Talk Angry Podcast. On today's show, we get you ready for the 2019-2020 season. The full schedule is out. We'll talk to C.J. Moore, who covers college basketball for The Athletic, get his thoughts on this year's version of the Shockers. We'll also talk about practice reports, who the Shockers are going to be facing out on the court, and reasonable expectations for this year's team. Glad to be back with you. Whole great season coming for you through March on this episode and season of Talk Angry. The Talk Angry podcast is brought to you by Forge Audio Productions. For all your audio and music production needs, Forge Audio is ready to deliver the highest quality production that serves the artist. To receive a free consultation or quote from Brian, visit www.forgeaudioprod.com. That's www.forgeaudioprod.com or follow the studio on Facebook or Instagram. And now back to the show. Welcome back to Talk Angry with Kuhn and Eldridge. Taylor, good to be back, my friend. It's good. It's seven seasons. So, yeah, I got some off-season trips in, uh, you know, recharging the batteries. Getting, I'm ready for basketball, though. You it's know, basketball I, time. I like I like watching, watching the game. I like breaking it down. I like, uh, you know, just watching film. So I'm ready for some new film. You had good coverage all off-season, but you've been teasing some new stuff coming out about this year's Shockers starting tonight. So give us an idea for the fans visiting Kansas.com, what can they expect? Yeah, just put up a story tonight about the uh, how the freshmen are looking. The five freshmen, Tyson ATN, Grant Sherfield, Noah Fernandez, Joseph Bilal, and then uh, Dan, uh, DeAnthony uh, Gordon are the five freshmen on this team. Uh, asked, got to talk to four of the returners uh, today and uh, just pick their brain a little bit about uh, you know how the how the newcomers are adjusting to the Division One level. I mean, all these guys were in this spot last year, and I think it's a little different this year because uh, you know you look at last year it was basically just Marcus and Samaje that had any kind of meaningful experience, and now you look at this year's team, uh, you got seven guys who who played you know meaningful minutes and uh, just more voices on this team, more experience, more leadership. So. Um, I think it's uh, an easier transition for the freshmen. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they said some really positive things about these guys, uh, very complimentary of those those three freshman guards. Uh, I'm, I've just been, getting, you know, getting rave reviews about Tyson ATN, Noah Fernandez, Grant Sherfield. So uh, they, they're looking really, really good. And, uh, yeah, you know, uh, Dexter and Eric had some, some glowing praise for them. The biggest theme that I've seen in all of the coverage about this team so far is how much further ahead they feel this year than than the way, where they were at this time last year. So maybe talk to that just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it just goes back to just having more more experience. And even though this team, you know, people are going to forget that just because it feels like this team has more experience than last year, this is still a very, very young college basketball team you know 10 to 13 scholarships are going to be freshmen sophomores so uh, fans need to keep that in mind but uh, but you look at the sophomore class you know this class is you know the foundation of the program right now you know there's so many people in that class and uh, they're going to stick around and be you know a big part of this program for the next three years so 
Um, I think you're going to see leaders begin to develop from this. You know, Eric Stevenson's obviously uh, one of the more vocal ones. Dexter Dennis has a chance to be really, really special this year. So I think he, he's going to have a chance to have a voice at JB. Uh, Jamarius Burton, I mean, he's he's a guy that's that's shown that leadership uh, quality um, in the locker room. So I think those three guys, uh, you know, you can expect them to kind of step up this year. And then, you you know, you look at the, the guys that have been here, uh, Asbjorn Meekard. I mean, he's the one, he's the longest tenured shocker right now. Uh, so he's going to have a voice. And then, you know, Jaime Echenique, the only senior, he's going to have a voice as well. So I think you're going to get more of a, a leadership by committee you know, uh, certain guys are going to say things at certain moments. There's not going to just be one guy. There's no, you know, this isn't just one person's team. And, uh, you know, maybe that's uh, that can be a good thing. That can be a bad thing. So we'll see how that just kind of develops over the season. But, um, you know, right now, uh, very positive. You know, Marshall has, has said that this team is just, you know, f- way further ahead at this point in the season than they were last year. So that, that has to be pretty promising. One of the biggest surprises to me from Coach Marshall's comments after day one of practice was about the health of Mo Udeze. I thought we thought, or a lot of us last season when we were talking, thought he might be an automatic red shirt or he might be someone not ready for the start of practice, but it seems he's healthy and ready to go. Yeah, he got cleared uh, not too long ago and has been practicing. And uh, from yeah, all accounts, is is kind of slimmed down a little bit, and he's looking good so far in practice. And then I saw Isaiah Porbear Chandler today at uh, the the uh, the photo shoot, and he looked uh, way way thinner. Uh, you know, the reports are true that he dropped a, t- a ton of weight. Uh, you could just tell in his arms, his legs. You know, he kind of had tree trunks for uh, those calves uh, last season, and uh, very very thin. Uh, or thin down compared to what he was. So really interested to see how he looks on Saturday to see if he uh, maybe looks a little more athletic. And, you know, that opens up more possibilities for WSU to play him at the four. Um, that's kind of the, the position of, of question entering the season. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see how this kind of shakes out. Uh, Marshall has stated, you know, uh, this offseason that he he wants to, to redshirt one of those big guys. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to, to see how he breaks up that class or, uh, maybe you redshirt both of the freshmen, uh, you know, DeAnthony Gordon, uh, Joseph Bilal. But, um, you know, right now uh, they just, I mean, no decisions have been made. Uh, Marshall, you know, famously has, has kept that open uh, to the players. He wants them to, to be on board with it uh, before they make that decision. So, um, yeah, that's going to be something to monitor uh, for this uh, this next month before the regular season starts. There's been a lot of talk about the impact freshman. Noah Fernandez, I think, has impressed a lot of folks here early in his time with the program, but has been battling a little bit of an ankle injury here of late. Other than that, kind of what are some of the reports that you've heard from practice from the newcomers and maybe the team overall? Yeah, I think Noah has been dealing with a foot injury that's kept him out of practice uh, recently. I don't think we're going to see him on Saturday. Um, I'm not sure how long that injury is going to be uh, keeping him out. They've been kind of vague on it, but uh, I know he he hasn't been practicing recently. So um, hopefully he's healthy uh, by you know early in the season, maybe to start the season. But we'll just have to see. Um, I'm sure they'll they'll be more forthcoming as the season gets closer. Um, Tyson Atn, uh, dude is a beast. I mean he's, he's living up to the hype. Uh, everyone said that this guy is the most you know college ready freshman they've seen. Uh, maybe in the the whole Marshall tenure of the last 12 years. So uh, very, very high praise. And uh, everything I've heard from, you know, conditioning to work uh, work ethic to, you know, just shooting, uh, playmaking, everything that you would want in him, he's lived up to the hype. So 
Um, I think the, the kind of the surprise, I thought he was maybe more of a tweener. Like uh, I think I, I thought coming in he would need the ball in his hands, but from what I've been hearing, uh, he's going to play more off the ball as a, as a shooting guard, and uh, he's just stroking it in practice right now. Uh, some people have, you mentioned, I mean, he, he looks like just the way he strokes it, it looks like uh, Landry Shamit. And, uh, you know, high, high praise. So I think that's very encouraging, uh, especially, you know, with as many point, possible point guards as they have, that would help if, you know, one of them embraces that off-ball role. And then obviously, you know, if, uh, if the ball gets uh, stuck in his hands at the end of the shot clock, he can, you know, make something happen. Uh, he's a playmaker. So uh, very, very good things from him. Uh, Grant Sherfield uh, has lost uh, – probably a little bit of weight but he's transformed his body uh he just looks uh looks different he's he's cut up now he, he's a little pudgy when he, he came to Wichita State but you know a summer with Kerry Rosenboom uh, he's been very very dedicated in the weight room looks really really good Kerry's very very proud of uh, his work this summer and uh, he looks way more explosive um, way more you know just lean and, and fast and quick so uh, that's been a big improvement for him and uh, what I've heard is all three of those freshman guards they can shoot it um, so that's gonna help a team that was not a very good three-point shooting team last year to have three guys to be able to you know come in and add that three-point stroke right, right away. You confirmed Jeff Goodman's reporting that the Shockers will have the quote-unquote closed-door scrimmage with Nebraska on October 26th. Fred Hoiberg, the mayor, will be coming to town with his Cornhuskers. You wrote today at Kansas.com, why do you think this matchup with Nebraska will be a good one for this young Shocker squad? Yeah, I think it's good because it gives them a look at high major athletes. You know, Nebraska is, you know, is a Big Ten school. So, you know, uh, Fred Hoiberg, I mean, obviously it's the first year. Uh, I think they have 11 of 13 new guys, uh, new scholarship players on the on the roster this year. Uh, you know, they're being picked, you know, either 13th or 14th in the Big Ten. So um, I think it's a good measuring stick for WSU because it's not, you know, too tough of, a, of, of an initial test for these freshmen. Uh, but it's also, you know, showing them these are Big Ten caliber athletes. So I think it's a good uh, mix uh, to, to get WSU kind of that, that first experience uh, you know, Northeastern State as the exhibition's not going to really do that. So I think practicing a whole day with Nebraska is really going to do probably more, uh, probably going to help them more than that exhibition game. Uh, but the exhibition game can also serve as, you know, getting the, the nerves out, uh, getting the jitters out, playing in front of the Coke Arena crowd. Uh, because Omaha, you know, that season opener, they're, they're no joke. They're a very good uh, mid-major. And, you know, if WSU uh, doesn't show up like it did last year against Louisiana Tech, it could be a similar situation. But Omaha, <laughs> get out of here. Come on. They got the local legend, Matt Come Pyle. <laughs> Matt Pyle, Eisenhower. Shout Shockers out. are starting 5-0. and You heard yeah. it here first. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> hey. You know, that's you would. How how much of a favorite were they last year against Louisiana? Tech? And we know what kind of shape they were in early in the season that's last true. year. I hope they're in a little better shape I, this year, I, which they appear to be I according think, to yeah. the early reports we're getting here. Omaha, to... are you kidding <laughs> me with this? Let's talk about that. Since the last time we had a show, full shocker schedule was released, including the conference schedule 
What do you see when you look at this non-conference slate? What do you see when you look at this conference slate? Man, let's talk about Omaha some more. <laughs> I can't wait for the episode before. We better get an Omaha beat guy on yeah. here. They're so dang good. Uh, Holy Omaha. smokes. Yeah, Peyton, we need a, a scout on these guys. Yeah, there's a reason Peyton Manning. Omaha. Man, Peyton Manning's been all over them for years. Did Brett Barney go up to Omaha? <laughs> he did, we'll find yeah. Brett Barney's yeah. for coming to town, but we're worried about Yeah, they're going to have to get Brett Barney to come, come back and give him the scouting report. Yeah. Walking bucket. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, I think it's a good uh, good mix for the non-con this year with such a young team. Uh, last year they they scheduled pretty aggressively. That a really I thought it was the toughest non-con in the uh, in the American last year, and it, I think it proved to be that. And then you look at this year, a lot a lot of games at Coke Arena. I think that's a that's a good thing for this team to kind of get its feet wet. I think they're playing a record number of home games this season. Uh, you know, I don't think they leave uh, Wichita until they do the Cancun Challenge uh, around November, uh, around uh, Thanksgiving. 26th and 27th. Yeah, and then uh, pretty much other than that, you know, they go at Oklahoma State, and then every other game is in Wichita. So I think that's a, that's a good start for this team to, you know, get its feet wet, uh, get a couple wins under its belt. You know, they don't play anyone incredibly tough uh, before, before the Cancun Challenge, so... Uh, they should have some good momentum going into the Cancun Challenge. And then, you know, I don't think there's, uh, you know, there's no super scary team in that field. You know, There's some storylines there, though. We got Mr. Frank Martin in South Carolina. We got Northern Iowa. We got West Virginia. Got and the Huggy Bear. Old Huggy Bear. So, yeah. Yeah, there'll be some good storylines. I'd but... love to see a Greg Marshall, ver- either <laughs> Frank Martin or yeah. Bob Huggins. Pick your poison there. Let's see those guys yeah. go to war. Well, I'm yeah, all w- for it. Yeah, WSU South Carolina. We don't get to see Mick Cronin anymore. He went out to UCLA. Yeah. He's paying 50% in taxes now. Yeah. So, you know, now we got to get our, our juice here. I think he took a pay cut to go out there after the taxes um but yeah you know you look at the non-con uh, starts out kind of slow a lot of games that they can win uh build some momentum and then it it gets a lot tougher going into conference season you know you go at oklahoma state a week off oklahoma at, at interest a uh, week off at vcu at coke arena vcu you know that's a sleeper top 25 team a lot of people very very high on them that's going to be a big big game uh, VCU at home, and then uh, the uh, SEC Challenge game after the first American game uh, at That's home. That's what I was going to ask. When's the last time you saw that? The Shockers playing a non-con. Yeah. You know, you used to have the Bracket Busters game, but that was, you know, later yeah, in the season. A, but they've strange. never really had the non-con right after the beginning of the conference Yeah, play. I'll have to ask Marshall if he uh, what he thinks about that. I'm not sure if that, you know, disrupts their rhythm at all just because it's so early. It's You know, you only play one conference game, so I don't think it's a huge deal. All three deal. are at home, too, you go. Yeah, ECU, uh, Memphis, and then uh, at UConn. So um, that's a huge swing, though. You know, you look at that stretch at Oklahoma State, OU, VCU, Abilene Christian at home, ECU at home, Ole Miss at home. At or Memphis at home, that's going to be the big one. You know, so much hype surrounding the Tigers and their number one recruiting class, and Penny Hardaway. Um, you know, Wichita State's going to get a crack at Can't them early. Can't wait for our AAC preview show. I think that's going to be uh, <laughs> that's going to be a very uh, very hyped game. I think the Coke Arena crowd is going to be going crazy. The only thing I don't like about it. 6 p.m. on a Thursday. That's kind. Of, that's a. That's a bad start time. Uh, hopefully, in January. Can, hopefully, there's no yeah, ice. Yeah. You people. Know. Uh, hopefully, people can get off work. If that was an 8 p.m. crowd, that that would be an electric 
uh, atmosphere. I still think it's going to be crazy, but uh, yeah, 6 p.m. A lot of 6 p.m. weekday starts. I don't know how much. Let me point out one thing about the schedule here that I've been wanting to point out for a long time. Do you remember when all these crybabies thought all the games were going to be on ESPN Plus when the (laughs) AAC signed this new deal? Oh my God, all of our games are going to be online. Would you look at the schedule, Taylor? Can you tell me where all these games are on? It's all on ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN News, or CBS Sports Network. The same Zero deal plus. that we had. There's no ESPN Plus on here. So can we all now, just take a deep breath for a second? Doesn't that go into effect next year, though? <laughs> Isn't that when Maybe the ESPN so. Plus? <laughs> Maybe so. so. But just still, you know, come on. It's, it's interesting. Don't worry. We will let Kansas, we'll let we'll Kansas State work out all the kinks with ESPN Plus. And then once it's safe, we'll get on board. It is interesting that a lot of Big 12 games are on there this season. So I know a lot of K-State, KU fans not happy about that. So, uh, But, you know, that's just the way it's going to be. You know, going The forward. real crime of this schedule is they don't play at Tulane. I know. New no New Orleans. And there's not a whole lot of Saturday road games. So yeah. I always it's love going Sunday. to an away game every year. They're all Sundays. So yeah. you know, it's a little harder to plan around. Yeah, that is true. Uh, the Tulsa one's on Saturday, but that's driving. That's Super Bowl weekend yeah. also. I'll be in Miami with the Chiefs. Yeah, you're right. Everyone's <laughs> Sunday. That is it's strange. No good. We need to talk the to The rhythm has switched from Wednesday. It's gone from Wednesday, Saturday to Thursday, Sunday. I'm going to have to send them my, my uh, traveling preferences for next year's schedule. Give me the one non-conference and the one conference game you're most looking forward to. I want to hear it from both of you. Oh, one non-conference. I'm going to go, man, I think that rematch with VCU at home, I think that's going to be a big, big matchup, especially if WSU, you know, performs like they think they can. In the non-conference, maybe, you know, they they only have one or two losses going in. VCU is probably going to be, you know, right around that top 25 bubble. So I think that's the big one. Uh, It's basically the last one, uh, you know, last big one before the conference season starts. So I think that one, that's one I have circled. I think that's going to be a very, very big matchup and then uh in conference i just i want to see him take on uh, memphis i think uh, that game early in the conference schedule uh they're going to get him early uh, i think it's the second game for memphis second game for wsu so uh you know anything can happen you know memphis is going to be rolling out five freshmen probably in their starting lineup so uh you know i think coke arena might be their first true road test so that's going to be a big time challenge for memphis and uh you know the the Cocarina crowd is going to be hyped for that one. So that's one I think they, they could sneak up and, you know, uh, you know stun Memphis early and, you know, put their stamp on that American race early. It will be. I would, I would agree with you on the Memphis game. I think that's the conference game I'm looking forward to most. And, and it's particularly beneficial to get them early before they have a chance to work out all the kinks. Like you mentioned, it might be their first true road game where there's actually a hostile crowd so um you know that'll be something new for all of those freshmen to experience and they'll have have to figure it out on the fly but really looking forward to that one on the non-conference side i'm actually gonna go oklahoma austin reeves back in wichita the storylines just write themselves are you booing him (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm not going <laughs> to boo him. I, I think we had that discussion before. I'd but I'm just kidding. Dustin has no soul. But, no, come but, on. Yeah. Come on. I'm excited for Ole Miss to come to town. I actually, you know, this SEC AAC challenge. And then I'm going to go a little opposite of you guys, the game at Memphis. It's the second to last game of the conference slate Thursday, March 5th at Memphis. Can you imagine going into Penny's house? 
and ripping out their hearts for the conference title. Ooh, and I mean, would be we fun. don't have to necessarily win it, but if we just make sure they don't lose it or they don't win it, that'd be great. So, <laughs> just play spoiler. There you go. Let's take a break. We have a great interview coming up with CJ Moore. He covers college basketball for the athletic. Then we'll come up, wrap up the show, give you some things we're looking forward to this season with the Shockers. Welcome back to Talk Angry with Coon and Eldridge. We're joined now by C.J. Moore, who covers college basketball for The Athletic. C.J., how are you today? Doing well. How are y'all doing? We're doing great. We're excited that it's October, which means college basketball is right around the corner. You've had a lot of great coverage over the summer, but give our listeners a little preview of what subscribers can expect this season from you at The Athletic. Uh, I'll just be covering you know, the Midwest. As, as well as I can, the um, you know I think I'll be doing a decent amount of Wichita State stuff this year, just because I, I think the Shockers are going to be pretty pretty good. So um, demand my attention a little bit, and, and always like coming down to Wichita and uh, and covering those guys. So um, yeah, just just expect uh, a little bit of Wichita State stuff from us, and um, I think it's going to be a fun. So I've got a, a, a fun story coming up. Um, pretty soon on uh, Jamie and Nickway, and um, I'm really, you know really excited about that one. You talk about your coverage of the Shockers. You had an article over the summer, your State of the Program series, that really went in depth on what fans can can expect in this 2019-2020 season. Just this past Monday, you had an article uh, coming out of that first practice, and the, really the theme was that they expect to be better on the offensive end. You know, they're going to have a lot of production to replace from Marcus McDuffie. You know, he averaged 17, 18 points per game last season. But after talking to Coach Marshall and you know learning a little bit more about this year's squad do you think they'll be better on the offensive end absolutely you know I, I think that is something that is is I would say a, a definite just because they were so young last year um, you know it's difficult to have as many young guys as they had um, and and being a fish in offense just because you know guys don't necessarily know what understand what good shots are um, understand what what Greg Marshall wants out of the offense and, you know, like I wrote in the article, I could see with my own eyes just the way they're shooting the ball. And, you know, I went to some practices early last year, and they look a lot different than, than they looked then. I, I think this team's come a, come a long way, obviously went a long way, you know, progressed a lot throughout last year from, from where they started and where they finished. I mean, way, way, way better. So um, I think at the, at the very least, you can expect the Shockers to be better on the offensive end this year. It's arguably Coach Marshall's best recruiting class that he has coming in. You talked about some of those freshmen in your article. Which of those new uh, comers do you think has the biggest impact on the program this year? And also, what do you think are reasonable expectations for this season overall? Tyson's the kid that probably stood out to me the most. Um, You know, Noah Fernandez, um, I think he was kind of dealing with a little bit of an ankle thing. Um, He didn't practice a ton while I was there. Um, I don't think it was anything serious, but, but he didn't practice a ton. Um, saw a little bit of him and, you know, he, he looks like he also has a smooth jump shot and this guy, I think they'll all contribute. Um, so, but, but Tyson's the one for me that I, that I think will probably, um, pop the most off the bat. Grant Sherfield, I think is going to play a role as well. 
Um, guy that does a little bit of everything, you know, I think he'll, he'll probably start out as kind of a backup point guard. Um, but he can play either, either the one or the two, um, pretty good spot up shooter. Um, but, but Tyson's a guy that, um, you know, I think shoots it really well. What, what impressed me is he can shoot it off the move. Like you don't see a lot of guys these days that they can come off a screen and be on the move and catch and shoot. And, and that's something he's, he's capable of doing. Um, it's got a kind of a college ready body. And, and just seems to be pretty mature um, for for a college freshman, a guy that comes into the office a lot, I think, and and um, was just impressed by by the kid and uh, and by his game. Moving to the conference as a whole, your colleague Dana O'Neill she had an article this week on Memphis and Penny Hardaway, and they said the expectations this year are a national championship. I think there's a strong case to be made that they're not necessarily even the favorites to win the conference. But if you look at the conference as a whole, kind of who do you see the favorites as this year, and then how do you see Wichita State stacking up in that field? Yeah, Penny, uh, he's pretty proud of himself, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> after after reading that that story, man, um, I, I was actually talking to uh, another coach, not a Wichita State coach, this week. That's from the American, and he he was like, you know, it's kind of an insult that Penny doesn't even talk about. Hey, I think we can go out and win this league. He just he, he doesn't even talk about the league at all. It jumps to straight to, you know, we're going to go out and win the national championship. So. I don't know that it's a give. I don't think it's a given that Memphis wins this league, um, but I would say Memphis is probably the favorite just based on talent. Um, you know, I only got to see James Wiseman in a couple games uh, hit right before his senior year in the summer. I went out to Los Angeles to a um, Adidas. Oh, I think it's Adidas Nationals or one of the Adidas tournaments, and saw him there. Played a couple games. Wasn't overly impressed. Thought he was maybe a little bit soft. You know, it's it's hard to judge a guy just on a couple of AAU games. So so we'll see. But I'm I'm not a like the the number one James Wiseman believer. But Wichita or Memphis has to be the favorite. But then after that, I think I think Houston, Wichita State, and Cincinnati. I think that's a clear four. Um, I, I from talking to the people around the league, I think South Florida is probably the beginning of that next tier. Uh, maybe Connecticut right there as well. But that's kind of how I would. I would say it plays out. Temple's probably in the middle of that that pack too. But I think the the clear four is is Houston, Cincinnati, Memphis, and Wichita State. I think Wichita State's in that top group. You brought up James Wiseman. A lot of folks have kind of made him out to be this year's Zion Williamson. If it's not him, maybe who do you see as that player of the year that everyone's going to be talking about in college basketball this year? Um, I, I don't know that it'll be a freshman. I, you know, I know the kid at Georgia. Um, it's supposed to be really, really good, and I've, I've, I've heard good things about him. His name's escaping me right now. Um, you know, he might be one that's that's really good, but I, I think it'll be more about uh, the upperclassmen. You know, um, uh, for the kid from Marquette, um, Marcus Howard. I think will have a great year. Um, Michigan State point guard Cassius Winston's a guy I've always loved. Um, you know, I, I think. Bob Dosser came out with his his player of the year earlier this week, maybe, and that's who he had. That's a, that's a pretty good pick. Um, I think Yudoka Azubuke at Kansas is going to have a huge year and uh, might be in you know All American conversation. Um, so I, I think it'll be a year maybe where the older guys pop, and I, I don't know that I don't <laughs> I don't think we're going to have another Zion Williamson this year in college. I mean, those guys come along. Um, you know, think about just like the last ten fifteen years. There's like Craig Oden was pretty good. Durant, Beasley, Zion, 
um, you know, they come around every once in a while, but not not every single year. So to to think there's going to be another Zion this year, I, I think that would be silly. This will be the last year for UConn in the American Athletic Conference. If you were the commissioner, do you think they would add a team or would you stay at 11? I'd probably stay at 11 unless there was a really, really obvious candidate. Um, but I don't think you want to reach and, and go to get a team that, that maybe isn't, um, you know, at that, at that level. So I would probably stay put. What, what do you guys think? Is there a team on your radar that you think they should go grab? Some folks have talked about VCU coming in similar to Wichita State and not participating in football. Yeah. Maybe they go get Army yeah. like they have Navy, and then you have VCU for the other sports. Uh, there's some other regional connections down in Texas and other areas that folks See, I, have, have I pointed think Army out. Would, Army would be a reach. I think Army would be a reach. I'm always from a basketball perspective, and I know that they're pretty good. You know, they get, they're decent in football, but... Um, I, I always think of it from a basketball. Well, no, an army would just be in the football like side. VCU. Yeah. So VCU okay. would be okay. kind of the yeah. counterpart. Yeah. So in, in the AAC only Navy participates in football and then Wichita state fills all the other gaps, uh, in the conference. Okay. And so, okay. yeah, but, yeah, that uh, one, that one, VCU might not be bad. That, that'd be yeah. a good one. If they they actually the play at yeah, Coke I, Arena I, this year. So we'll, we'll get to see yeah, those two teams yeah, maybe in a little, got a really good coach. Good program, good co- kind of like a Wichita State, and a great fan support, good coach. Um, yeah, I think that, that that'd be a good get if they could get them. But yeah, I just don't think you reach and, and try to get somebody that's, um, you know, to just fill out the, the league. Last question for you, CJ. What is a reasonable NCAA tournament resume for the Shockers this year? Oh man, I would say. Um, you know, I think if the Shockers end up like uh, with a six seed, something around there. Um, I think that would be a pretty successful year. You, you, you have to remember this is still a really, really young team um, that, you know, is going to be good here for, for a few years and, and has a core um, that'll be around for a few years. So um, if they were able to get to like a 60 this year, I think that would be t- tremendous. So I, I'd say that's like the hot high end, but even if just, just making the NCAA tournament in general, I think would be a successful year for, for the Shockers considering they are still really, really young. Well, once again, we appreciate you taking the time. We're excited for the 2019-2020 season. Our listeners can follow CJ on Twitter at CJ Moore Hoops. You can also read his work at The Athletic. I am personally a subscriber to The Athletic. Not only is there great coverage on college basketball, but Chiefs, Royals, uh, all your, uh, you know, any sports team you're interested in across the country, there is usually someone covering it. So well worth the subscription. So thanks again for taking the time, CJ. Appreciate it. You guys do a great job too. Thanks, thanks for the thanks for asking me. Welcome back to Zach Angry with Kuhn and Eldridge. Our thanks again to CJ Moore of The Athletic for joining us. Taylor, as we wrap up the show here, what do you think is the biggest question for this team heading into the 2019 2020? So the thing I'm most curious about is who replaces the production of McDuffie and Samaje down the stretch of games. You know, they took so many of the big time shots. I just did a right. I did a story uh, earlier this summer taking a look at just what percentage chunk of you know. I looked at games that were decided by five points or less, and I think it was like the last five minutes. So basically, the you know when the game is in the balance, when games mattered the most, who were ta- who was taking the shots for Wichita State, 
I think those two players combined for about 60, I think it was like 65%. It was like basically two-thirds of the shots from just two players. So um, who who's going to step up and take that leap this season and take those big shots? You know, is it going to be spread out? Uh, is it, you know, is Dexter Dennis going to be that guy, that go-to guy at the end of the shot clock? Is Eric Stevenson going to be, you know, the one to, to rise up and take that shot? Maybe Tyson ATN, uh, Grant Sherfield. Um, so that's the thing I have my eye on is, uh, you know, uh, I, I think it's going to be more of a balanced scoring attack anyway this year, but I'm curious about, you know, late in games, who do they go to when they absolutely need a basket? You know, Jaime Echenique was very, very effective when he got the ball, when he got touches, you know, late in games uh, in the post. So maybe it's him, you know, his senior year. Uh, I talked to him today. He said his conditioning is way better. His foot's feeling healthy finally. Uh, he, he promised that he's going to, you know, look like he did before that injury. Uh, you, you remember how good he was in the non-conference uh, on offense and defense. So um, that could be very, very promising. You know, Eric Stevenson said that he, he's lost some weight. He's feeling more bouncy. He's been in the gym just refining that shot. Uh, Dexter Dennis told me, you know, he worked all offseason on putting the ball on the floor. You know, people are going to try to chase him off that line and try to force him to uh, put the ball on the, the floor and attack and show that he can, you know, hurt people off the dribble. Uh, you, you saw that in the dunk today when he put, you know, Asbjorn in that grave uh, on Twitter. Holy smokes. Yeah, that was <laughs> – he did that in a game. That's uh, that's number one sports center aye, play. Aye, aye. That was he cocked that thing way back. Yeah, if you guys haven't seen it, you can check it out on my Twitter. It's, you know, everywhere on there now. But – um, yeah, it's, uh, that was a nutso play. And the biggest takeaway I took from that was, uh, he looks so much more smooth dribbling the ball and transition, you know, with someone riding him on the hip. And, uh, last year, you know, maybe he, he doesn't have that confidence or, you know, just looked a little clunky putting the ball on the floor. So, uh, that's very, very encouraging if I'm a shocker fan to, to see him look so comfortable, look so confident and, you know, that's going to unlock so much in his game. So, um, yeah, that's the that's the, what I'm looking forward to is is seeing how the, these late game shots get doled out uh, at the end of games. You know who do, who does Marshall trust? So one, I got a question for you though. With that dunk from from Dexter, was Marshall excited to see that dunk, or do you think he was disappointed that nobody stopped oh, the ball that's, handler? That's, yeah, he's he's <laughs> absolutely. You know that's a that's a great dunk for the fans and a terrible terrible play for a coach to watch because you watch that and. A lot of people will say like, "Oh, Asbjorn, like you got dunked on. Like that's not his fault. Like that is absolutely. You know, I don't want to say his name, but like the the defender who was guarding Dexter just let him, you know, drive right down the lane. And you know, you have to stop the ball. You have to get in front of the ball and transition. That's all on the guards for not for not doing that. So I think as a coach, that's that's a nightmare play. But for a fan, that's you know, it's a highlight. As I mentioned at the top, it is Season 7 of the Talk Angry Podcast. We're going to try and bring you the best shocker coverage we can this year, and that starts with a new uh, feature to the podcast this year, and that is our Patreon account, patreon.com slash talkangry. You can get involved in the show, become a supporter, uh, have special shout-outs, help decide topics, help become a sponsor of the show. Producer Brian, tell us a little bit more about what listeners can, uh, what their, all their options are this year. Yeah, so we're looking for ways that that you can help us grow. One of the things we'd like to do is is actually expand out to other applica- applications other than you know Apple Podcasts, but get on Spotify, get on Stitcher, and some of those. So as we get some some help from you, our our loyal listeners, you know, we will be able to expand to uh, a wider Shocker Nation. So 
we'll be doing things like AMAs. We'll set up a, a private community just for the podcast supporters. Uh, monthly AMAs. We'll we'll maybe get some uh, some voting on the content that we produce and uh, talking about doing a special short. We call month, them ATAs. <laughs> Ask Taylor anything. Ask Taylor anything. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just just some ways that are, that'll be fun this season. And I think there's there's some goals out there that we're kind of setting for ourselves. But um, we would like to be able to go actually do some interviews physically in person with the coaching staff with some of the players down the road and not you know do it over the phone stuff like that so you actually our listeners can help us get to those goals and and achieve those things so be sure to check out our patreon account all right let's wrap up the show by our sell time back to you producer brian okay so we expect that the three-point shooting should improve this year but is the best three-point shooter this year by percentage a freshman I'm going to sell that. Man, that's a tough question, though. I, I, you wonder what the attempts are going to look like. Um, I like Dexter Dennis, but I think he's going to shoot way more off the balance this year. So his looks are going to, his quality of looks are going to go down. I don't think he's going to shoot 40% again, but I still think he's, you know, high 30s. I think Eric Stevenson, he goes way up. So I would put my money on one of those two, but. Man, you know, if Tyson Etienne, if he lives up to this hype, he might be that 40%, that next 40% shooter too. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with, with one of the sophomores though. I'm going to sell it as well. Also, don't sleep on Jamarius Burton. He's really worked on uh, his shot throughout the offseason as well, according to reports, but I, I would agree it'll be a sophomore. All right, and so we know that Greg Marshall's offense, particularly when he's able to run the motion offense, he likes to go through the post. That's a primary focus for him. Is Jaime Echenique the leading scorer on this year's Shocker team? I'm going to buy that. Mittgard made a lot of strides last year, but uh, as Taylor talked about earlier, Echenique feels better, feels healthier, is going to be a little more comfortable in the system in year two. I think he's a little got a little more sauce to him on the offensive end, and so that's what I'm going to More sauce. Uh I think I think his points go up, but I think I'm all in on this Dexter Dennis breakout season. I think uh, he's going to be the guy is he this year. A big year. man now. <laughs> I think he's. How uh, do we classify that? Can I get a ruling, producer Brian? No, no. Leading scorer on the team. Oh, period. I'm sorry. I thought we were just <laughs> talking scorer, <laughs> not the best scoring big well, man. Wasn't the leading scorer okay, on well, the team. I'll still go with Echenique. I'll support my guy. I mean, I think I think Echenique <laughs> is still. I mean, he's going to be one or two. I mean, I think that's not a crazy thing that he leads this team in scoring. I think he's in for a very very good season as well. Um, you know, people forget just how how good he was in the post last year uh, before that injury. So he was, you know, when the offense was really, really struggling and bogged down, it was basically just him and Marcus McDuffie uh, there in the non-conference. So I don't think that's out of the, the realm of possibility. But I, I do think uh, Jaime's uh, points go up, but I think Dexter's, uh, I think he leads it right around, you know, 14, 15. I think he, he has a breakout year and uh, puts it together and takes that leap uh, that Wichita State needs. Okay, so last year we know that the team got a lot better defensively over the course of the season, but it's been a little while, it seems like, since Greg Marshall's had his prototypical top 20 in Ken Palm defense. Is this the year Wichita State gets back to top 20 in Ken Palm just for the defense? I'm going to sell that. I think they're still probably, you know, a year away from, from putting it all together. 
I do think they, they make strides. You know, last year they finished uh, 44. I'm looking at it right now. So that's a lot higher than I thought it was going to be. Uh, you know, if you look at just the during that 18-game that stretch when they finished 14-4, and four, probably was a, 20, a top 20 defense. So how much does that carry over? Um, you know, they, they have, you know, a lot of their best defenders back and you throw in a guy like Tyson Etienne, who I've just heard is just, you know, an absolute shutdown guy on the ball. So, um, very, very tempting. I think they, 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 you know, they come within that, but I don't, I don't know if I'm going to predict that it's a top 20 defense. So I'll go ahead and sell it. Where are my stat heads at? I'm going to buy this. Our guy who we had on the show today, CJ Moore, just posted an article on the athletic on Monday talking about the Shockers' offense. But here's this little nugget. Last year, from February on, the Shockers held opponents to .92 points per possession. Over that same time span, national champion Virginia, .95 points per possession. So actually the Shockers so they're gonna were be number better one. They're gonna from be number February one. on than the national champion. They've added even more athletes to that mix I think they're deeper. I think they're more athletic. I think the players they have more have more experience in the system. So I'm going to buy that. All right, and finally, we t- we talked about CJ's stats. article. That oh, was really good. That. <laughs> I know. Shout out Stadheads. Shout out Stadheads. <laughs> CJ Moore art- article talked a lot about, you know, a better shooting team being more efficient shooting the three-point shot. What? Do you guys buy or sell that the team will be better? The whole team collectively is better than 35% from the three-point line over the course of the season. What were they at last year, Taylor? Last year they were at 31, bottom 40 team in the country. I'll they buy gotta, it. They gotta be. <laughs> they gotta be better than 35. I'll buy so that. That's good. <laughs> what would, uh, do you do you have those rankings? Right now, yeah. They, so, they so shot. what would put you in the top third? What would put you in the top 100? What percentage? Oh, let's look. In the top 100? In the top 100. In the top 100, you need to hit uh, in the higher percentage of 35, so right around 36. Let, let's say 36%. They are going to be 36%. And better. <laughs> <laughs> that is the cutoff. That's the cutoff for Dustin. No. Uh, I'm going to so sell it. 36 or better. Buy or sell. Man, I'm going to – that's a high number. I'll sell, but I think it's going to be – it's obviously going to be better than last year. It's not going to be worse. Um, I would say, you know, 34, 35. That's probably more more reasonable. I think, I mean, these are still freshmen. Uh, what are the odds that all three of them are going to hit, uh, you know, in the same season? Uh, probably not very high. There's going to be, you know, freshman lumps. And even sophomores, you know, that's still, uh, you know – Maybe Dexter Dennis, you know, maybe he takes a little bit of a step back, you know, 40%. He, he just went on that complete terror uh, for two weeks where he shot, you know, like 55%. So maybe that doesn't happen this year. Um, so I think the the quality Our of guy threes. guy Stevenson, he's got a new haircut, though. So new hopefully haircut, those three-pointers start going in. Yeah, yeah. so, so his, stroke look, his stroke looks so good. And it's just, you know, the numbers did not match it. And uh, I talked to him a little bit about that today, and he just said it was just all mental. So he – uh, like I said, he dropped some weight. He's feeling bouncier. He's practiced with, you know, shooting with a hand in his face. I think he's in, you know, obviously he's going to, he's going to go up. I think, uh, you know, all signs indicate he's not that, uh, that poor of a three point shooter. So he's closer to the 35 to 40% somewhere in that range. So, 
I think he has a bounce back year. Um, but, you know, as a team, you know, I think it's going to settle right around 34, 35. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I'm fired up. I'm ready to be back. Let's see these boys out on the court. Yeah. You know? It's the beginning it. of October, but before you don't, we'll be in the home stretch here and talking about a great season of Shocker basketball. The black and yellow scrimmage is this Saturday. Uh, then we won't get to see the team there till uh, early November, but we'll be back with you every week throughout the regular season through the end of March, hopefully, covering our Shockers. And Taylor, once again, where can we find your great work with the Wichita Eagle. Yeah, you can find it on Kansas.com. There's actually a special. I'm going to be uh, posting it more on Twitter. Um, you can just buy a sports pass. And I think it's like 30 bucks for a whole year. Uh, you got to read, you know, all my Wichita State content, you know, high school sports, uh, K-State football, all that stuff on Kansas.com. Uh, if you don't want to read, you know, the news and all that other stuff, if you just want you the don't sports. Read about the mayor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy smokes. Yeah. So if you just want to read about sports. Uh, there's I like a, sports. There's a pass for, for 30 bucks for a whole year. It's a really good deal. So um, uh, I'll post it on my Twitter. And, uh, yeah, once the season starts, I'm going to have, you know, start pumping out stories just about every day. So, um, you know, I've been doing a lot of those Shocker classics now, looking back at old games. Yeah, WSU Gonzaga. Yeah, I just did Ohio State today. So I'm going to be looking at the KU game, uh, the Kentucky You had game. the Jackie Carmichael or the Jackie Chan <laughs> the Jackie game. Jackie Chan game, game. yeah. Holy, yeah, that was yeah, a good one. that was a throwback. So, um, yeah, looking back at some of those. If you guys have suggestions, uh, feel free to hit me up on Twitter, uh, Taylor Eldridge on Twitter. So, um, yeah, thanks for all the support, and, yeah, just check me out on cans.com, or uh, you can download the, the app Shockwaves on, uh, you know, wherever you download your apps. You can also listen to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. We hope very soon. <laughs> <laughs> and please, uh, you know, if you have a fellow Shocker fan, share the podcast with them. Let them know about us because we do this for you, uh, and we'll give you some great coverage all year long. So looking forward to it, and go Shocker. And Taylor, they can rate us five stars. <laughs> <laughs>